Welcome to episode 12 of People Behind the Business, a show for small businesses with small teams and huge ambitions. I'm your host, Rosemary Richards. When my non-freelancing friends who want to make the shift towards freelancing full-time talk to me, one of the most common questions I often get is... When is the right time to get started? And should I jump into things full-time right away? And I guess the long story short of that is, there isn't really a good time. And uh, this week's episode was very much inspired by those conversations that I've had, where I have considered people to really, really seriously assess when the right time to get started is for them. And that's exactly why I brought Jenny Sumisum on this week's episode. I originally met her because I was a guest on her podcast, Savvy Social Hour. And I remember she shared her story on that podcast once. She did a solo episode just specifically sharing her shift from corporate to freelance social media management. And So I wanted her to just share some insights on how she made that shift, and hopefully you can learn from that too. So without further ado, I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself. I'm Jenny, so I'm a social media strategy and coach at Betty Social, which is a social media marketing agency for female entrepreneurs, and then I also have a podcast called The Savvy Social Hour. Yeah, that's how, for those listeners that don't already know that, that's how me and Jenny media management for a mall and it was fine and dandy but um, I just quickly realized that the corporate world wasn't really my cup of tea especially that job maybe if I was starting another job things would have been different but that was just yeah not my not my thing at all so uh, when did you get to the point where uh, you decided that you wanted to make the shift to freelancing so I wasn't really like making what I felt I deserved in terms of salary at my job I really did enjoy the work that I was doing because it was a mix of like social media and things like random marketing tasks and making like maps for the mall, which was not my thing. Like I didn't care to do that at all. So I just kind of decided to take matters into my own hands and then started my business while still working um, in like summer of 2016. So and I was doing both for a while. And then um, January of 17, I went full time with Confetti Social. So do you think it was a matter of um, uh, by choice that you started or was there an event that led to you quitting? I, I find that when I talk to a lot of my to five friends, they never seem to know when the right timing to quit is. Um, so actually, two of the people that worked at the company with me, they ended up quitting said two weeks with each other. And at that time, I was like already ready to go, but I kind of felt guilty. Like I was like, well, if these people left, I'd feel really bad if I left too at this time. So I stuck it out for a little bit and it actually helped because 
in November of 16, I got married. So my insurance kicked in with my husband's plan. So at that point, I was like, okay, I'm just going to like go for it. Um, I dropped out of the park about 10 hours mid-November of 2016 after the insurance kicked in, of course. And then I worked part-time there until December of um, 2016. So my last day was like 31st or something. Um, and yeah, and I just kind of felt good about it because I was still getting that income, even though I was only part time. But um, it was just nice because I was able to help them out and also help myself out at the same time. I felt like I wasn't compromising and like you know just quitting right off the bat. I knew they would accept my proposal for part time hours because they were pretty short on people as it was. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to start for sure because then. You're getting a feel for it before you officially jump in. Yeah, it was really nice. And I, I mean, if the circumstances would have been different and the two people wouldn't have left, I'm not sure if they would have like accepted my part-time proposal. But, you know, they kind of had no reason to say no because they were so short-staffed. So. so what was the hardest thing for you uh, in the first few months for tackling it? Uh, so for me, that's hardest thing the first few months was figuring out a schedule that works for me. So my first few months was been trying to figure out how to run my own business. So I wasn't really as productive as I could have been and I didn't have a good budget system to help me. So I was just kind of all over the place and that resulted in lost income because I was too busy trying to figure out how to get on a schedule. I wasn't like acquiring clients or anything or I was only like, you know, acquiring one or two clients versus how many I needed that month. So what do you recommend for people that are finding themselves in similar position? and want to do something about it. I recommend getting a project management system down, you know, whether you use something like Asana or Trello or just straight up kind of paper, just figuring out what you need to be doing each day instead of just going out and spend each, like waking up each morning and trying to figure out what you need to do. So already having that plan in place really helped me. And it took me a really long time to get to that point. Like my first six months of business, I feel like I was just all over the place. And then finally, I kind of started getting my stuff together and I didn't really actually perfect it until about like three months ago. So <laughs> it, it was a work in progress for a long time. But yeah, I found that at the beginning too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really hard. It was like, wow, I have a structure. Should I watch TV all day? And obviously that's not going to pay me money so that wasn't a good option but I just didn't know how to structure things because I didn't have a structure anymore like I didn't have a corporate world. So how did projects like your podcast and your Facebook group originally happen? So with my podcast I'd enjoyed listening to podcasts for a while and I know some females in the space but I noticed that there weren't a lot of females that were podcasters at that point so I wanted to give it a shot and really get my voice out there and you know give people another way to reach me because I have been blogging for a while and I like writing stuff but I'm like I try this audience because I feel like I can reach a different audience that way. And then with my Facebook group, um, it just came to mind one day and I started it and then I grew and now uh, 1,300 women. So it's, it's growing pretty quickly. Um, and it's been a really great thing for me and my business, just like getting more clients and, you know, getting my stuff out there. Was that the point where you originally uh, started to hire a team or was that uh, well, That was before then. So I started my Facebook group, I want to say in like probably March of 2018. 17, so like a couple months after I went full time, um, but the end, uh, so the end of uh, 2017 December is when I, or maybe in November, I'm not even sure at this point. I started hiring on people, uh, and I hired on one girl back then, and she's still with me today. Um, so yeah, I guess like Q4 is one of last year, and we started hiring on people within my business, um, and they just kind of helped me, not necessarily with my personal stuff, but um, with my client work. So uh, what was, how did you approach hiring in the beginning? 
this is more just for listeners that uh, are doing that for the first time. Yeah, so uh, I kind of just got in Facebook first and kind of put feelings out there, and I had a lot of people like inquire, and then I checked out all their websites and kind of eliminated people that way, and then started contacting people. Um, and then I also had a form too that people could fill out, and then I kind of just went from there to see who was the best fit. And I did a couple of interviews, and then it was a test on the interviews. Um, it was. It was kind of a crazy process, but, um, you know, now I kind of feel like after my first time hiring, each time it gets better and I'm more efficient with it and mm-hmm. I'm more strategic about who I pick. <laughs> so, uh, I'd imagine you would have gotten a lot of applications. Was that easy to narrow down? Um, not really. So, there were a lot of good people on there, but, you know, it was kind of easy in the, at the beginning because in my posts on, in Facebook groups, I specified, like, please don't PM me. Um, like either fill this application or post on this post and that narrowed that down like a lot of people because straight up just wouldn't be about even really reading so it's like okay these people obviously can't follow the simple direction so they're not like a good fit but after that it got tougher because you know people who did follow directions and did have good qualifications it was harder to narrow down at one point I was like I interviewed like six people for one position and it was really hard to narrow down at that because it was just like all six of those people were good and they had like different skill sets that could work for the position but you know obviously I could only choose one at that point mm-hmm. so how do you approach the communication element uh, as someone that uh, works remotely and likely your team is remote yeah, as well yeah we are all so the way that I communicate with my team is primarily in Slack um, we also use Asana so like for this daily team communication is within Slack. Um, one of the girls actually lives in the same city as me, so she'll text me because I actually know her in person and stuff. But for the most part, um, it happens in Slack or like project-specific stuff will happen within the projects inside of Asana. Yeah, that's a good way to do that for sure. I I, I use a similar tactic with my clients as well, except with uh, Trello. Okay, yeah. And that's been pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so... Uh, one thing that I think there's a lot of pressure with the female online entrepreneur world is to kind of seem like we have our shit together all the time. So through like your Facebook groups and etc., how do you find is the best way to encourage people to open up about their problems they're facing in their business? So I really just try to be as authentic and real as possible to my audience. I don't just tell everyone. Oh, everybody, like, I will share when things are going great. I'll share when they're going, you know, not so great. And, like, I try to use that as a way to show other people that it's okay to not be perfect all the time. And it's okay to have ups and downs. Because, you know, obviously I'm not going to put everything out there publicly that's going on. Just because, you know, you have to have a little bit of, um, you know, a boundary there. But I really try to um, showcase like, I'm not making 10k months, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of people like 10k months, 20k months, everyone's advertising how much money they make, and that's great, but I'm not at that level. So I don't advertise that, and I say, you know, like, it's okay to be making what you're making right now. Everyone's got to start somewhere, so that's the way I do it. And that's, and that's a good point, too, because I think people really seem to get very insecure about their money because they look at other people and go, yeah, but she's making six figures and what's going wrong here? And then they feel really insecure about saying there's something up and you need people's help. Yeah, I mean, and it's so glamorized these days and it doesn't need to be because it's like, of course, I'm happy for people who are, you know, making six figures, but that's not everyone's reality. 
reality and it doesn't need to be everyone's reality. So, you know, some people can be comfortable with making less than six figures and be happy about it. Like, you know, not everyone needs to make that much money or has the desire to make that much money. Exactly. Because the thing we have to face, too, is that, uh, like, everyone's different circumstances in hard parts of the world. And people try too hard to compare what's acceptable for one region to the other. Yeah, exactly. And, like, if you're living in a country that pays not so great wages, I, you know, it's not really that easy to be making six figures because the country that you live in doesn't really, you know, provide that to you. So it's just like a matter of taking a step back and stopping the comparison trap from getting the best of you. So how have you found has been a useful tactic for that with your business? So whenever I feel like I'm just having one of those days where I'm comparing myself left and right to people, I just take a step back and, um, you know, I get off of social media or I like, you know, I meet that person for the day that is just, you know, triggering me or whatever is going on and then you know I come back later and I'm I'm okay and I kind of just get on with it versus you know I don't let it take over so I like get like rid of the problem for the time being and then once I'm feeling better about things then I I, you know reinstate you know then like I unmute that person or whatever the featuring on that um, I'm finding that person on. But yeah I just try to like take a step back and just tell myself that you know it's okay it's it's fine. I not everything happens overnight. Like I've been in business for a year and a half now, full time. So like I'm just good for where I'm at in my business. And you know, not everyone is going to make X Y Z amount over month, like overnight. So that's kind of the way that I put myself back into perspective. Yeah, yeah. 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 People progress different yep. stages, and and uh, that's always important to keep in check yeah. for sure. Uh, so. The beginning, going back to the beginning once again, what did you find the most helpful for getting your first clients in the door? Um, really, for me, it was Facebook groups. Like, I got about, I want to say, like 80 to 85% of my clients by being active in Facebook groups, posting value tips, so sharing my expertise, and responding to people who had questions. So, if they were like, you know, what is the best way to grow on Pinterest? Or, like, what am I doing wrong on Pinterest? I would just like give them advice and tips, and then eventually, kind of, people would see me as in social media and then start recommending me to clients and then eventually obviously the referrals came in and stuff but that wasn't what came in at first because obviously you're not going to get any referrals if you have no client but yeah Facebook group yeah the biggest thing for me so do you create a, a schedule for that in the beginning of when you did draft or did you just pick something? yeah um, I wasn't very strategic with it I would just like kind of go in my top three or four favorites I didn't really have a schedule or anything and I would just kind of type in you know social media or Pinterest and see what questions people were asking spend like 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at night interacting so like an hour a day you know, three or four different groups. And then from there, it started to get... Once I started to pick up clients, I kind of stopped with the visibility, which obviously wasn't a good move, but <laughs> I'm only one person, so can't do it all. But yeah, now I actually have a team that I've hired to help me with that. Uh, so it's not actually my team, because my VAs on my team do work with my clients, but these people, this is like an outsourced team that does work specifically for me. So now I'm getting busy one groups again without having to do it myself. It's been amazing. So how, speaking of that, uh, the juggling element, uh, how have you found the most helpful for juggling all the little bits and pieces? You know, like I mentioned before, having a project management tool has really, really helped me and having good systems in place really helped me um, get to where 
I didn't feel like I was going crazy trying to manage everything. And, you know, something still slips through the cracks every so often. But, you know, without a sauna, I wouldn't be half as productive as I am today because I literally have everything from um, my little project, my daily client work, you know, my editorial content for my podcast and my blog. You know, everything you can even think of, even my home stuff is in there. So I just keep everything organized in one place and I can look at my calendar and see what I need to do each day. So that is minimize the, the smaller things that need to get done being slipping through the crop. You know, if I realize, okay, I don't have time for this, but it needs to be done, then I send it off to my outsourced VA team that um, will handle it for me. So that's things like managing my podcast. Or now I don't, you know, I don't write my show notes anymore. I don't create graphics for my podcast anymore. I pretty much outsource all of that. So that I'm only focusing on the recording and um, things that I need to be doing personally that someone else can't take over. That's good too, because then, because uh, then you're you're only just sticking to what is the absolute necessary for you to do. Exactly. Well. And and I had a hard time getting things over at first because I'm kind of a control freak, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Once I was able to hand over the reins, it made things so much easier. So, like, you know, if you're at a point where you can't outsource it with this, definitely go for it because it will really help take some things off your plate and eliminate that stress. So what's your recommendation for people that are really struggling with handing over that control? Um, I would say, you know, what I did to make it easier and to make sure that they were doing every single step that I wanted them to be doing is I made a workbook and a song. I just said, like, so since we're on the topic of podcasts, I did my podcast workflow. So every task that I needed to get done for my podcast, I wrote it down as a little task in Asana. And then I made a video for each little section of things. So obviously, I didn't make a video for, like, recording and stuff because that's what I do. But for the things that were being outsourced, so for graphic creation, I made a video and said, like, okay, here are all my graphics that I want made for each episode. Um, you know, here's how to do it. I'm sure you know how to do it, but you know, keep these colors, keep these fonts, just change the text, change out the pictures, etc. Um, and then for show notes and uploading to things like Lipson, which is a podcast uh, post system, I made tutorials on there to like show them like what category to put things under, how to upload, what time to send it out, etc. And you see videos on something called Loom so that they have record of that. And you know, I felt good about handing the task over instead of going back and forth and having them ask me three million questions on how I do a certain task. Do you find that was the biggest turning point for your business, uh, handing over a bit of control, or do you find it happened at another point? No, I think that was a pretty big deal for me. And that only happened like a month and a half ago. Uh, you know, I was handing over like small projects, like I would get like graphics outsourced for projects, but then I would have to go in and do the graphics every time after that. But now having someone who does it weekly just makes things 10 times easier. And it has really helped me and my productivity skyrocket. I mean, I was productive before, but now that I'm not having to do these tasks, it has just made things so, so much easier. And I feel like I don't have 700 things on my to-do list every day. I only have like 50, which is a lot better. We interrupt this program for a brief announcement. Ever listened to one of my podcast episodes and said, gee, I wonder how I can support future episodes as well. Ever read one of my rosywritingspace.com blog posts 
and wanted to do something to support future-related projects as well? Well, now you can by leaving a donation over on Patreon.com. My page is over at Patreon.com slash Rosemary Richings, and it includes awesome benefits like shoutouts on to your name or company on the podcast and one-on-one coaching sessions relating to your independent content creation projects with yours truly. So if you'd like to support the podcast and my future projects, you can do so over on patreon.com slash rosemaryrichings. And now back to the podcast. So what have been your go-to resource whenever you're not sure what to do with an aspect of your business? So for me, what I usually do is just, I take a moment, I make a survey for my audience, and kind of ask them what they want to see from me. Because when I'm not sure what to create or what services to provide or things like that, I ask my audience because they know what they want better than I know what they want. So I just, you know, make up a survey and have them like either, I either do like a fill in the blank type thing or I do like a checkbox and they check all the options and then they can add in like another option. And that really helps me kind of figure out what I should be doing to serve my audience best. I, I even do this for things like my Facebook group. Like, do you guys like these prompts? If you don't, give me some suggestions so that I can get that feedback and serve the people who are supporting me versus just guessing. Yeah, so that's what it comes down to. Really, that's the most important part, especially for someone like you that uh, that is a blogger and social media person and etc. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been really beneficial. And before I started serving my audience, like surveying them, it just like I would create stuff and then I hear crickets and then I wondered why. But now that I am, you know, have an alignment what they want, whenever I do put out a digital product or a new service. Things go a lot better. Oh, that's a good tip to remember, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. yeah, so survey your audience if you're wanting to do something or just do market research in general. Like, even if you don't email your list or ask, like, your Facebook group or something, you can even ask in another Facebook group, like, what are your biggest point, pain points for XYZ? And then people come and answer. So. so, what is success to you? And do you think you've reached that point yet? So, to me, success is when you build a business that you really love that their goals, whether, you know, that's making a lot of sales through business or, you know, anything like that. You know, for me, it's helping people with their social media strategy and, you know, relieving them of that overwhelm of social media. And for me, it's not really about monetary success. Of course, that is important. But, you know, just being able to help clients and getting those messages like, oh, wow, like my Pinterest grew by a thousand last month, you know, and people share those testimonials. And, you know, to me, that is, I feel like I'm successful in my own right because, you know, I'm not making millions of dollars. I am helping people do things and I'm helping people be more successful on social media. So, to me, like, that is success. And, of course, I always feel like I can be more successful. But at this point, I do feel like in my own right, I have reached success to some degree. Yeah, and that's a good attitude to have because the way, the more I meet uh, people with people with a lot of money, not with a lot of money, uh, the more I realize that people never really think they've gotten their money. No. They always think there's more they can yeah. do. Yeah, and I mean, that's true. There's always another level to reach. And eventually, you will know, we'll hit that cap because obviously, once you hit like millionaire status, like unless you something crazy happens, you, you know, you probably can't up level that much 
more, but you know, it's just one of those things you have to put it in perspective. Like you have to be have a good mindset about it and say, Yes, I am successful right now. Could I be more successful? Yes. But at this point in time, I am successful. So uh, besides what you've already mentioned about uh, juggling a lot of different content creation stuff, uh, what is the one lesson you learned about juggling every aspect of your business that you hope listeners don't have to learn hard work? So I've mentioned this a few times uh, without this ep- within this episode, but just having a good system in place is crucial. No matter what you want to use, you need a system because you don't want to be pulling things out of thin air. You want to know what you're doing every day. And be able to check off the boxes, whether you're a physical paper person or you're a digital aspect of things. Just having that in place is really crucial to set up from the get-go so that you know what you're doing every day and you're organized and you're not scrambling around like a chicken with your head cut off like I was for like the first six months of my business, even more actually than that. But <laughs> so uh, what is the, what is your recommendation for people that are struggling with figuring out what the best way for traffic um, I would say just try like a variety of different tactics. So you can try Facebook groups, you can try cold pitching, you can try sites like Upwork. You know, just kind of try a few different things and see what sticks. And then until something clicks, um, you'll see once that thing does click, then just stick with that aspect. For me, it was Facebook group. And, you know, I stuck with that for a while before I started getting referrals. And now I don't really... I mean, I still use Facebook, like I mentioned earlier. Like, I still use them to connect with people and share my expertise. But that's not the way I obtain a lot of my clients now. Um, but, you know, just find something that works for you. And then eventually, you know, referrals will probably be your number one way that you're attracting clients because you got those testimonials. You got people recommending you to other people. And then, you know, if you're good at what you do, then it snowballs and you continue to get those continuous referrals. Yeah. Yeah, that's... The most important marketing topic, for sure, is just is just good work. Yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah, you don't need to have twenty clients. If you have three clients that love you and are doing solid work for you, you know that you're doing something right. You know, if you're having twenty clients that you're doing subpar work for, then you know maybe you could scale back a bit so that you can give them your all. Yeah, and things like raising rates and etc. can really help with that raising yeah. rates and things like you did with getting your team on Yeah, board. for sure. Yeah, just kind of finding ways that you can maximize your time while not, not giving up on the quality of your service and still making the money that you want to be making. So to wrap things up, any exciting long-term projects or goals that you want listeners to know? So about? this isn't really long-term, but I do have something fun coming up that I'd love to share with you guys. So I actually have a virtual summit called the Upload your business summit and it's with my blog bestie Lindsay a blog you love and I'm really excited about it um I don't know if it's going live so it probably it might be after that but um you know I'm just really excited about that and I love people to join in and if this goes live before um our summit yeah cool. so uh where can sisters find you on um you guys can find me at confettisocial.com and then um Pretty much all of my handles on social media are confetti at confetti social and then Instagram at confetti social co because someone took confetti social. Um, and then for my podcast, you can find me at savvysocialhour.com and you can go listen to Rosemary's episode if you haven't already. I can't remember the exact number of the episodes, but you should be able to find it. I don't have too many episodes right now, so I'll probably include that in the show notes. Perfect. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so y'all are driving or whatever, and it's like happening. 
links that uh, just go to rosemaryroutines.com slash slash podcast and you can find all the show notes right there. Alright, so thanks for being on the Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Alright, okay, bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard and you would like to keep up to date on future episodes, hit the subscribe button on your podcast listening device. And I also have an active newsletter for podcast updates and etc. And the link for that is available in the show notes if you'd like to opt into that. And of course, tell all your friends and I'll see you soon on future episodes.